This top 10 fantasy football receivers and the football tournament edition of the Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by mybookie.ag. Use the promo code SGP for up to $1,000 in bonus bets. That's mybookie.ag, promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. We're also teaming up with All Things Comedy to run back the 2019 NFL playoffs via Madden Sims and give away $10,000 in mybookie credits. The tournament starts July 3rd. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash ATC for all the info. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash ATC. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay per head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Finally, we're brought to you by Cushy Dreams. Cushy Dreams is a new company with a full line of premium smokable CBD, now shipping legally to all 50 states. And if you use the promo code SGP, you get 15% off. That's K U S H Y dreams.com, promo code SGP. Hey, everybody, Jim McMahon here, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. Welcome everyone to the sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean stacking that money green with my partner in picks, Ryan, real money Kramer. What's happening? Kramer dog. What's up, dude. I'm excited. Why are you excited? I, you know, just that sweet transition. Everyone watching on YouTube just saw was my first attempt at automation <laughs> with the video shit. And it worked. The CPU is enrolled in that processor. You're getting automated. You're getting ready to go. This is our training camp getting yes. ready for the, uh, just the cavalcade. I don't know if that's cavalcade, the, whatever, just a, a tsunami of football content coming at you. This is of course, part of our top 10 fantasy football preview series. And if that kickers, right? Kickers and, and defense. Yeah, no, we're, we're doing a top 10 fantasy football receivers. Uh, maybe we do the uh, kickers and defense. Tweet us at Gambling Podcast if you actually want that episode. <laughs> Unclear if that's a punishment for the audience or a joke. I could I could give you a top ten kickers and defense list. Maybe we will actually get to that. But we're going to be doing some more mock drafts coming up, doing some best ball breakdowns, and uh, just getting getting knee deep in football content. And then NBA is coming back, so we'll be uh, I'm sure is we'll be it? picking some stuff there. We already hundred percent. We did a, uh, I know Kramer's against sports coming back. He's pro uh, Corona. That's not true. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not anti sports coming back. I just feel like you've been a bit optimistic and we know what happens when you start counting your chickens before they hatch in the gambling world, Sean. All right. So, so you're, like, you're, like a man who enjoys a reverse jinx, like a man you're who laying enjoys down the reverse jinx on Corona 19. I like it. It's not even a reverse jinx. It, what I'm trying to lay down is like, let's just, I, I'm, I'll be stoked when it happens. That's all I'm saying. I'm obviously happy if sports come back. I don't know if you are you aware of this, Sean, our business relies around sports. I did. And that's why I'm excited that they're coming back. See, you're being optimistic again. Well, yeah, they announced <laughs> that they're coming back. Soccer's back. The Soccer's one, back. Golf's back. MMA's back. 
Baseball is about to be back, which that's more of an activity than a sport. <laughs> the sports that real men play, they're they're back. Yes, we'll see if football comes back. See what I did there? There you go. I trolled you. Gave a yourself bit. an out, Kramer. Well, you know what's definitely coming back? More giveaways. That's right. What? We're doing another no Madden way. tournament. This time, teaming up with the uh, guys over at All Things Comedy. Big fans of them, of course. That's uh, Bill Burr's podcast network with Al Madrigal, and uh, they have a bunch of funny uh, dudes over there. But we're going to be streaming these games on the All Things Comedy YouTube channel. We're running back the 2019 NFL playoffs, so maybe the Eagles have a chance to beat the Seahawks in this oh. redo of the 2019 NFL playoffs. Hopefully, Jadavian Clowney doesn't knock out no. Carson Wentz again. Oh wow! But the Eagles, the Eagles are bad in the uh, sim world. But we'll. What the the important thing is ten thousand in prizes. Of course, my bookie credits ten thousand. Oh my god! Kicks off July third, five o'clock Pacific. Schedule's kind of uh, broken up through the month of July. If you want all the information, of course, enter the contest. The contest is a uh, confidence pool style, so you assign. You know, each I team. I love this. Yeah, each team you assign a number to. Like, let's say you think the Chiefs are going to win. You give them a number one through twelve. However, each win they get, you get that many points. So if you have, if you give the Chiefs a twelve, the Ravens an eleven, the Ravens win one game, Chiefs win two, the Chiefs would have twenty-four, Ravens would have eleven points. So what you really want to find is those wild card teams that can win the Super Bowl. What I was going to say, it's very similar to the great FFPC playoff challenge where part of the strategy is how many games do you think this team will play? Obviously the teams with the buys, they get one less opportunity, but they're also the team you are most likely to think is going to win the super bowl. So love the strategy in there, Sean, a lot of fun. And by the way, we're not going to be like those lame streams, stream houses playing with rosters from last, even though we're running back the playoffs from last yes. year, 2020 NFL rosters. Come on. And uh, it, it's going to be awesome, Sean. Who's got it better than us? No one. Nobody. And of course, <laughs> it's all uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com/slash/atc. Go there to get your entry in, sign up, and uh, again, all this uh, presented by our good pals over at mybookie.ag. Promo code SGP, where you can play, win, and get paid. Mm. Perfect time to get in on the sim action. All right, Kramer. Enough messing around. Let's get to it. Let's talk. Fantasy football wide receivers. Do you want to go first, Kramer? Why don't we? We'll kick you off first. Who is your number ten fantasy football receiver for the twenty twenty season? Well, and I, I had the I wanted to have the mock draft up. I accidentally closed it, Sean, because we did a mock draft. Recently. We did. So I said, well, you know, it'd be silly for me to be finalizing a list of top ten wide receivers for this podcast when I. I should see what I actually did and what we actually did. A number of fans joined us to do this mock draft. And so I wanted it. Who was the 10th receiver taken in this mock draft? Oh, that's a good point. Well, we had four in the first round. We had three in the second round. And then Allen Robinson was mm. the 10th receiver off the board. Very similar to my list. Not a guy. We should talk about Allen Robbins for a second. I don't know if he's on your list. He is. Okay, he's we'll, on we'll my wait. list we'll and wait. he's a little we'll, higher. We'll wait. We'll wait. My first guy, because I don't know what the situation's gonna be in Carolina. I like DJ Moore last year. I I, I 
I liked his potential. And when you sprinkle in the fact that this team could be losing a lot, I, I'm intrigued by DJ Moore here. This is now his what third year. When do we typically see the wide receiver jump? Is this his third or second year? Before I don't know. I start top making, my, uh, before I start top making, my head, Kramer. But he was a darling last year, and when you look at his stat, uh, Sean, I'm guessing your puzzled look is telling. This is his third year, which we, where we like to see the jump. I'm guessing by your look, you're not a guy who has him in in your list. And no. when you look at his numbers last year, 135 targets, 87 receptions for 1175 yards, only four touchdowns. Right, only four touchdowns. So that kept his point total low. But when you look at a guy getting 135 targets in 15 games on a team that was a complete disaster, they're going to be a little bit less of a disaster. They will at least know who their quarterback is, whether it be Walker, whether it be the the Butler, or whether it be an unknown person. Yeah, it. it I, I'm almost certain they're going to start off with uh, Bridgewater as their quarterback. But what is Bridgewater's strength? Checking it down. Checking not it down. turning it over. But get, get getting an easy throw to a guy who has athletic ability. DJ Moore is an intriguing guy to pair up with Teddy Bridgewater because DJ Moore, he can run the short stuff nicely. He has the speed, but what was the thing about DJ Moore coming into the league? Polished route runner. So he's a polished route runner. You pair him with a very accurate quarterback. I love DJ Moore this year. 10 feels I am probably going to end up I think I even discussed this in the mock draft. I like DJ Moore. There was a guy I like more in the mock draft, more than more in the mock draft. But DJ Moore is a guy who could even go higher on my board. For now, let's leave him at number ten. DJ Moore, Carolina Panthers. Wow, DJ Moore, in in full clarity, not even a guy on my list, not wow. even oh. a guy considered top ten, not uh, even in your. So just you, to be you clear, made, you made you made a compelling case. I, I think the the he biggest was the fourteenth receiver drafted when we did the mock. Yeah, so not that, that far off. Not that far. Third off. rounder. You're not getting him in the fourth round. I, I would say my my what I would worry about putting him in the top ten is uh, the Christian McCaffrey touches. And and you said mm. Bridgewater loves checking it down. I think throwing the ball to Christian McCaffrey okay. is it, they're going to pick up where they left off with Ron Rivera as it, far as getting him the ball in the passing game. And even though he can at some point he's going to have some sort of regression, but I still think he's going to get a ton of targets. Yeah, that would be my concern on, on throwing DJ Moore in there. That's a fair concern. This guy at number ten, my number ten, 2020 fantasy football wide receiver. Injury concerns always an issue. Yes, but assuming he's healthy, assuming he can play 16 games. Are you going to say Deshaun Jackson? No, I'm going to say T.Y. Hilton. Mm. He's in a dome. With yep. a great uh, head coach in Frank Reich, and you're bringing in Philip Rivers. If you look at Philip Rivers' numbers, even when he's having not a great year, the number one receiver on that team always gets a ton of yards, a ton of looks. Philip likes throwing to the number one receiver and the tight end. So I, I think T.Y. Hilton, and no, I feel like he's not on anyone's list, and and maybe because they're scared off of the injury concerns, but. Uh, I think he has huge potential. I mean, he, in ten games he played, he still had five touchdowns, and that's with, you know, Jacoby Brissett, who is kind of injured. Like they were doing nothing at the quarterback position. Maybe you think Rivers is gone, but I still think they're going to scheme up opportunities for T.Y. Hilton and that AFC South. The cornerbacks he's going up against; these aren't dominant uh, defensive cornerbacks, and you're playing a decent number of games in a dome. Oh, I actually I have him as my twentieth guy, Sean. Full disclosure. And I just pulled 24th guy taken in the sixth round of the mock draft. So 
Uh, you know, th- there will, if you like T Y Hilton, unfortunately in the past, he's been one of those guys that goes way too high. Yeah. He's been a victim of that where he goes way too high. He's he swinging d- he the other way performs. I you're right. And I think that's what it is. I think people are overlooking him and he can give you that nice sort of boost. And some of these rankings, a lot of times is an excuse to talk about guys that I think are, are deep sleepers or guys who can really move the needle who could. I mean, if you get him in the sixth round, seventh round, that's a guy that can and he has like one of these yep. top five, top ten receiver years, which he's certainly capable of. That's how you win your goddamn league, Kramer. I agree. Who's your I, number nine? I agree. Well, Sean, I, what I was gonna say is, I, I he's a guy too. Like I, I know that it, it's easy to caveat a guy like T.Y. Hilton, and perhaps it's just the, the 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 curse of the wide receiver position. But there's a number of guys here you're gonna hear us say we like him. We like him even more in best ball. I probably like him closer to 10th in best ball just because of the upside, you know, and not many guys in the league have 200 yard potential and he's one of them. So and and best ball helps guard against the injury stuff as well. Helps guard, but you're still like, where are you investing the equity? I guess in in a guy like T Y Hilton, (laughs) you like when I say it just makes it sound so professional and number nine, Fucking around Give talking about fantasy me. football. Who's I, your number nine, Kramer? People who have o- o- Odell Beckham out of their top ten are insane. Period. <laughs> I mean, I understand hating him, but again, you know, your argument—if you're making the argument for T.Y. Hilton in terms of the pendulum swinging, the pendulum really la- last year is the outlier for mm. Beckham. Last year is and, and sure, perhaps you know, I'm already seeing people talking about uh, will Baker Mayfield get benched this year. <laughs> And and I think we we've discussed this a number of times, but the the fact that the organization is definitely going to be more stable this year than last year. And well, why is that? Because it was at the bottom last oh, year. Oh, okay. But what was the big move? They got rid of Freddie Kitchens. But they they have a guy in position who at least has a history of being successful somewhere. Yeah, and, and and I think Freddie Kitchens. The problem with him was he he had had some success, but he had the success at the level of like one step above a player, not the head coach. My and, and I didn't put Beckham in my top ten. Interesting. The argument against him injury, and, and I do hate Odell Beckham. You do injuries could be an issue, especially a guy who has a soft tissue injury issue. I, I think the weird off season. Uh, I'm looking to stay away from guys who've had hamstring, soft tissue stuff going on. But more so, Sean hates the soft tissue. More so, it's the the unknown of the new system. Stefanski coming in is he going to have time to install that? Clearly, there's not a great dynamic between him and Baker. Like I don't, and maybe I'm wrong, but my gut's telling me they're not meeting up and putting in Mm. the doing that off season conditioning, getting together at Baker's place, throwing the football around, just getting on the same page. I I I just don't think they're going to be doing that stuff. And maybe Stefanski figures it out in the second half of the season. Um, but I, I just worry about this Cleveland team in general. And I, I've had a rule of just not having a Brown on my fantasy football mm. team for a long time. It's, it's, it's treated me well. And, and Jarvis Landry uh, is pretty solid, but I, I, I get your case for Odell, but he's not in my top. It's team. an upside case. And I think when we were talking about him as a potential early second round pick last year, Again, pendulum swung too far. Everyone was super high on this Browns offense. Did you say where he he draft he got drafted in our mock draft? I was about to say I took him in the third round, okay. and I think if you can establish, if you can, you know, I paired him with Devonte Adams and Austin Austin Eckler. But if you can pair, like, if he's your second, there's less risk there. You're not losing your draft in the third round anymore. And when you talk about a guy again, 
not many guys in the league, much like T Y Hilton have the explosiveness to really put up those massive games. And if this offense gets cl- a little bit closer to where they were last year, sure. Lots of mouths to feed, but if they can get back to where the hype was or where the hype thought they, ha- they were going to be, I think there's going to be opportunity here for Odell to have a pretty solid year. And if you look at, I mean, Sean, if you had to guess how many yards did Odell have last year? Well, I just looked it up, but it was oh, okay. like 450 or something. Or did I, was I looking at the wrong column? Wrong, wrong column. He had a thousand thirty-five oh, okay. on seventy-four catches and one hundred thirty-three targets. Now I was just talking about DJ Moore getting excited about a line like that in his <laughs> second year. Obviously, yet to be seen if OJB can be successful without a great Hall of Fame quarterback like Eli Manning. But I'm going to lean into it here. I think there's. I think. I think he just lets himself. He he has to have eaten some humble pie too. Like there's that element to this. I I I I like your angle, but Odell Beckham eating humble pie. That's that's one thing he doesn't eat. He Kramer. hasn't been to the Pro Bowl since 2016. <laughs> yeah, but you but that's the beauty of Odell Beckham. The results don't make a difference as to what well, no, he thinks. No, Sean, but before it was 2017 he got hurt. Okay. Yeah. 2018 the situation. So was you think he up. had a hard, he, but he was still in New York. He's now in Cleveland, <laughs> and it's like when you lose in Cleveland, he's realizing like, oh, this re- this place really sucks. I, I'm I, telling you, Browns as a whole make a bounce back. O- OBG OBJ crazy crazy to not have him in the top ten. I know, I'm sure you don't, Sean. Well, maybe he looked into the mirror in the off season, but I don't think he was seeing his own reflection. He was seeing maybe a certain substance I, laid out on that mirror. I was going to say that's the Odell Beckham Jr. I know. <laughs> My number nine, he's a beast, and this is—he's just primed, juiced up for that breakout, uh, breakout mm. season. Who's and he's that? a guy you don't have to worry about his conditioning at all. DK Metcalf, number nine, Ooh. and again, maybe this is the hot take, but yeah. just from watching the two times the Eagles played the Seahawks, when Russell Wilson felt pressure third down, he needed a big play. DK Metcalf was the guy he was going to. And especially as a rookie, as a rookie, Russell Wilson trusted him enough to target him a hundred times as a rookie. He got 58 uh, receptions, yeah. 900 yards, seven touchdowns. And we were playing him in DFS towards that second half of the season. Cause he was really coming on late. He had, a, he had that killer playoff game against the Eagles. Um, I, I think he's going to be, uh, he's going to be in prime physical shape. We've already seen the connection with Russell Wilson. And uh, you know, I, I think uh, I, I think he's going to end up being the number one receiver over Tyler Lockett there for the Seahawks, and uh, I, I think he's he's going to be a big value play as well because I, I don't think his ADP is matching what he's going to put out there this season. I, I like it. I mean, I think you're being aggressive. I'm being aggressive, but he had he had seven touchdowns, 900 yards, 58 catches. Upside is there. For sure, upside is there. I think you're being aggressive. Who's your number eight, Kramer? So this is where we get hot take, right? And this is you're probably gonna be pissed at me. You're probably gonna be upset with me. I think maybe, maybe hot take. Cortland Sutton, let's go. Oh number eight. wow, okay. Oh my god! I did consider Cortland Sutton. But then I, I I took a step back and I, I, I touchdowns. Was, this is a touchdown I, I play, was, just like Metcalf. Yeah, I was kind of worried about how much I've already put out there in these preview podcasts about the about the uh, about the Broncos already throwing in a Fant Andrew Locke there in the top yeah. tens. So I stayed away from Sutton, but I, I'm I'm super high on him as well. What what do you like particularly about Sutton? 
Well, I, I, I think it's the touchdown ability. And I think much like a former host of inside Vegas used to always tout with Courtland Cortland Sutton. Got to give him the, got to give him the nod here. I, I, he, he was into it. I think it's just that he, he controls his body well. And he's one of these receivers who came into the league and, and the, the, the book on him is sure he has physical ability, but he knows how to run a route. And what's better uh, to pair with a young quarterback who needs to have consistency, a guy who can run a good route and a guy who can help you out. Cause he's just an absolute physical beast. Now they bring in Jerry Judy to confuse defenses a little bit more. Noah Fant is there to create havoc up the middle and the running game. Sure. Sean, the counter would be a lot of mouths to feed. And will this offense really be that good? Is the defense going to still be good? Will there be enough opportunity? Well, but also the AFC West, who are you worried about cornerback wise in the AFC West? Thank you. Because when I look at the defenses across the rest of the division, and maybe the chargers I end up having a chargers, defense, and the but, but it's less, it's more about that front seven than, than anyone on an Island there. And I think in general, you're going to have to score to win the AFC West this year. And I think what we see here is I think we see the emergence of a guy who's going to be a first round pick in 2021. Yeah. So uh, I think Cortland Sutton at number eight, sure. Is this maybe just me trying to ensure that I get him in a lot of spots? Absolutely. Let's see. Where did he go in the, he went uh, right after DJ Moore. So 15th in our mock draft mm. first pick of the fourth round. That's intriguing to me. And, and I'll tell you what, I bumped him over o- Odell since the draft. So I, oh, I wow. regrettably, I should have taken Sutton, Sutton, I guess, but again, another upside play here. Well, that's a problem when you get in, in those live mock drafts, you get overwhelmed. You don't even look at your own list. No, I just had to, I wanted to talk about Beckham. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's about creating content. Sean. I know I'm a content fellow content creator, Kramer number eight for me. And, and maybe you're going to give me a bunch of shit here. Who are the New England Patriots throwing to? Give me Julian Edelman. Oh wow! I this didn't see a, that coming at all. If you're doing a full point PPR, I mean, what was the what was the biggest knock on Tom Brady last year? I had trouble getting the ball downfield. Yeah. Who's who's great at catching short passes and racking up PPR points? Yeah. Julian Edelman ah. coming off a hundred catch season. Now maybe will his heart be in it though? And certainly he could be butt hurt. And, and but really, can he be that butt hurt? Like Belichick's yeah. not going to let that go. Like. And maybe he doesn't have that hundred catch, six touchdown season that he had last year with Brady, but I certainly think he could have a ninety to ninety-five catch season. I mean, whether it's Stidham or Hoyer, are they really going to be able to get the ball downfield? It's going to be a lot of James White. And Is it going to be? Who do you think it's going to be, Sean? Who, who's it going to be? Oh, uh, I gun to my head, I would say Stidham because I I think Belichick kind of went out of his way to endorse Stidham quietly. By not bringing anyone else in, and I think they are legitimately high on the kid. I think he's a hundred percent the guy. That that to me is is the move. Now maybe he makes Stidham earn it, and they put in Hoyer early. We'll see how how camp shakes out. A lot of a lot of stuff still up in the air. But Edelman is just a guy that just racks up garbage yeah. catches, and yeah. I, I think that's what this offense is going to be. If you thought it was dink and dunk with Tom Brady, imagine the yeah. dink and dunk with Stidham, and now. Uh, you know, I, I think I had James White in our mock draft. Sony Michelle just had some uh, foot injury, so James White. I'm already looking at putting him in my Week One DFS lineup because that's nice. a guy who's going to catch you eight, nine balls maybe. Uh, and, and I think he has huge fantasy potential. But a- along with Julian Edelman, it's just going to be easy catches all day for the Patriots. Who's your number seven? Well, I think again, I'm. I uh, this is this is a high risk pick, uh, and I, I don't know if I'm going to end up taking him. But Kenny Galladay, I I wanna I I just the more I get I'm the more I'm 
thinking about it, the more Stafford's going to come back. And Stafford was was really digging Galladay. And I mean, when you watch this team play, like last year was such a train wreck. And I know there was distribution with with guys like Marvin Jones, but again, he's another guy who whether you look at the way he plays on the field or the rapport he had with Stafford, even last year with complete dog shit, he caught 65 balls for 1190 and 11 touchdowns. Yeah. So I think, I think the touchdown regression may occur, but I think he's going to see more than 116 targets. I think he's going to catch more than 65 balls. And I think he's going to be a number one receiver on a team that sure they're going to try to run the ball first, but they're going to be down. <laughs> like it's Patricia. They're going to be losing and Stafford can still sling the rock. Yeah. I mean, I, I, w- I want to see Stafford throw the ball and assuming he's a hundred percent, they could be a sneaky, uh, a team there, especially in fantasy. Kenny Galladay didn't make my top 10 and I don't feel great about that, but, and maybe it was just partly my bias of like guys. I really wanted to make a point to talk about. And then I put them in the top 10. He's not in my top 10 right now, but certainly uh, maybe I made a mistake there. We'll see. I feel great about this as number seven. And I I think I could even be low. This guy could easily be a top five in my mind. Allen Robinson. Really? Allen Robinson. Why? I, I, you're not, you're not standing on an Island here for sure. The the industry agrees with there's a little bit of Allen Robinson heat and I'm, I'm a part of it to me. This is this is the perfect receiver for Nick Foles. This is the Alshon Jeffrey, the guy yeah. who does Nick Foles like to throw it to. He likes Tight to end. throw it to guys who can go up and get those jump balls. Nick Foles even said, I, I remember watching the Super Bowl and he said like his player intros was, well, at the heart of me, I'm a basketball player. It's like, what the fuck? Don't say that yeah. in the Super Bowl. And it doesn't it doesn't instill confidence. But the, the dude balled out. I mean, remember that ball he threw to Alshon Jeffrey in the Super Bowl, the first touchdown? Jeffrey went up, even with the torn rotator cuff, pulled that thing down in route to beating the Patriots. This is the exact guy, Allen Robinson. This is, this is the perfect guy for Foles. He's a big dude who has a huge vert goes up and gets the ball. It's also a contract year for Allen Robinson. Right. And again, there's not a lot of other receivers around him. Number two, number three receivers. I don't think they're going to be taking targets from him. Certainly maybe they throw it to the running backs a little bit tight end. The only way, and, and I know what you think. What if Mitch stays in there? Even when Mitch was staying in there, and the only way he's going to stay in there is if he's really balling out. And the only way he's going to be balling out is if he's getting Allen Robinson involved. And even with Mitch Trubisky, and that's and that's part of the reason why people are so high on Allen Robinson. They're like, he's had Mitch Trubisky and Blake Bortles as his yep. two quarterbacks, and now you get Nick Foles, who don't forget Christian Hackenberg at college Hack was in there. Yeah, like this is his chance for a breakout year. And even under Mitch Trubisky, he still had. 98 catches, 1147 and seven touchdowns. And I think that can and should go up this season. Yeah, and I you guess th- and you throw in the contract here. There's a s- bit of subjectivity for me with him. For, uh, you're right cuz he in, in many ways you can apply the same DeAndre Hopkins lens. You can say it doesn't matter who his quarterback is, this dude's going to give you points. He's going to yes. have a nice floor. I just can't. I don't want to get stuck with it. I I don't want Allen Robinson to be like my second round pick. I don't want to have to waste a second round pick on a guy who. And sure, he went in the third round actually in our in our mock draft. But well, if you're rating him as your number seven guy, you you're liking him at the end of the second round. I don't think I like him at the end of the second round. Now all of your points are valid, but I just don't want to get stuck with Mitch Trubisky. Well, I, I think what you're saying is get stuck with because we've watched games with that Bears offense and how frustrating yeah. they've been at times. And and that's what you're worried about from a fantasy perspective is having a guy 
this early on a defense that just quite or offense that quite frankly sucks. So to me, it's it's all about the fact that Nick Foles will be the starting quarterback at some point. However, if Mitch stays in there, it means he's getting Robinson involved and and he's doing well. So that's kind of how I hedged it there. Who's your number I six, mean, Kramer? You make some good points, and I think the consensus guys who who he's one of the guys I left out. He was thirteen on my list. I, I don't hate him. I just and maybe seven's a little high, but I, I just wanted to talk about him. The potential is just right there. Yeah, I think you probably would should tell me like what you're gonna take o- o- Odell over him. It, probably not the best call, but yeah, it's something about just yeah, getting I mean, involved in Allen Robinson's quarterback. Would you, would you take yeah, like I wouldn't yeah. take Odell over Allen Robinson. I probably I, I think I would. I, I just don't want Allen Robinson on my team. Number six, Chris Godwin. Ooh, okay. I think I mean, I think we're lockstep here in that we both think that Godwin is gonna be the guy. You're not gonna hear me say Mike Evans on my top ten list. Nope. Uh, he he fell in at number twelve, a couple spots ahead of Allen Robinson. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think I, I think with Godwin, so I, you'd rather have Mike Evans over Allen Robinson. That to me is they're crazy. In the, they're in the same tier. Probably I would take Allen Robinson over him, because right? Allen Robinson's the, I'm gonna, the clear I'm number cha- one. Yeah, I don't know though. I, I don't. I think that Bruce Arians is a. I like having Bruce Arians and Tom Brady over. I'm really high on on Godwin, but um, you're saying Evans is clearly the number two guy, and maybe it's because the I'm reason s- I don't like Evans this year as much as Godwin, and I think Godwin separates himself, is between just watch the way that Evans runs. Like the weakest, the weakest part of Mike Evans's game is his ability to run routes. He's a big time take the top off the defense threat, but you want to look. That's at the, not that's not Brady's skill set. My point. You want you want to look at the guy. I still think he's going to catch them, but you want to look at the guy I like is their clear number one. And the guy I would take in the second round, maybe third round. That's Chris Godwin. He definitely second round. He, he would, he's going to be the guy that you see Brady quickly fall in love with every, every receiver who's come through new England, who doesn't run, run crisp routes, doesn't do shit. Right? Why did Chad Johnson fail? Doesn't know how to run a route. Doesn't know how to run a crisp route. And so I think Chris Godwin, whether it be his physical prowess, whether his whether it be his willingness to go over the middle and deal with more of the shorter shit that lines up with what Brady is at this point in his career, uh, I, I think Godwin. Uh, you know, we've been talking about him. It feels like for two full seasons now about how he's going to emerge. I think this is the year he emerges as the guy. And I think there's going to be a shitload of pass attempts in this offense. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity, lots of mouths, lots of opportunity. Number six, Chris Godwin. I have a uh, I have Godwin higher, but so I'll, I'll kind of save my points for that portion. Num- my number six, Julio Jones. Mm. He's just kind of bread and butter. I mean, you can get cute and not put him in the in the top ten or not have him this high, but the guy just. I like the Falcons' offensive perspectives this year. I dabbled with the idea of Ridley. Uh, he's he's not a guy I have. Super high, but he's still in my top twenty. But, but I mean, look at that! Look at that Atlanta team last year. They were just kind of lethargic yeah. on offense, and still thirteen ninety four receiving, six touchdowns, ninety nine catches. He's going to be arguably he's the best best receiver ever. Like it, he's he's going down that path of excluding Jerry Rice. Excuse me, but he's going down that path of he's like when if he continues to play, his numbers are just absurd and, per and, game numbers. And, are and especially a little bit of this is factoring in. Hey, all things considered. With the shortened off season, whatever training camp looks like, why not go to the guys that you know are just beasts yeah. physically that have a great connection with their receiver that also play in a dome? 
I mean, how many, you know, he gets like what nine, 10 dome games a year. And uh, yeah, I mean, he gets at least huge. his home games plus the saints. So that's and, and nine, the other, you know? yeah. And the other reason is um, I, I just don't, I'm not buying Atlanta's defense. You know, people are talking about Atlanta being like a sneaky team to win the NFC South. I'm not there I mean, yet. And a big part is the the defense. I I'm just skeptical that the defense can actually stop people. So all that being said, I think they're going to be behind. They're going to be throwing a bunch. Give me Julio Jones Kramer. Who's your number five. And I think this, this is the beginning of the like guys you probably need to take. Like if you're sitting with picks 10, 11, 12, the, now we're talking about receivers. So you probably have to snag there. Probably a first round pick. If you're 10 and you want to get these guys, you might need to go first guys, Tyree kill. And it's just hard. It's hard to leave him out. Um, it, it's hard to leave him out of the discussion in any format because he he's just going to have games where he, he wins you the week because he catches two touchdowns, 200 yards. He's in the best offense in the league. Sure. There's a super bowl hangover. Sure. You know, sh- shit can go wrong. Shit can always go wrong. But uh, as far as a guy who all he's got to do is catch two or three balls and still have a productive day. That's the guy I, I, in the back of my head, I have this weird theory that we're going to see Sammy Watkins emerge into the true number one there because, you know, because of his route running ability. And like Tyree kill is a bit of a one trick pony when it comes down to it, but, but, the, but that it's trick a really is a, good trick. Exactly. But yeah. So for me, Tyree kill is the first guy who I would consider as a f- late first round pick Tyree kill. Yeah. I also have Tyree kill number five Kramer. You nailed it. Even, even though he missed four games last season in 12 games, still had seven touchdowns. So he's, and, and you know what makes he's just short of averaging a touchdown a game. What differentiates differentiates him and the next four guys for me is the floor. I think his floor is just much lower. His floor is low, but again, I don't know, man, that, that guy is, uh, I mean, his, his Twitter handle is at cheetah. <laughs> I mean, what more do you need to know? The guy is just insanely fast. And if you remember, there was a couple plays of uh, I forget who broke it off, but it was like Damian Williams or, or one of the other receivers broke it off. And this is you know, broke it off for a touchdown. Like there's no defenders anywhere near. And then Tyree kill comes coming running out of nowhere to like escort him in the end zone and pat him on his back. It just shows the insane speed that this guy has. And yeah, maybe the volume isn't there as far as targets and catches. And maybe I'm, I'm grading this as full point PPR, but if it's you know, I mean, maybe even he's even a little higher in a half point PPR, something like that, because of the catches. But uh, yeah, number five, Tyreek Hill. Kramer, before we get to our top five, want to give out my number one. When it comes to Paperhead software, that's Ace per Head, baby. Thinking about starting your own online sports book? You should. It's really easy to do. Uh, all you got to do is go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. Sign up there. Use our link. You can get up to six weeks free. Ace per head, man. Ace is the place. Set you up with the online sports book. Very easy. It's literally turnkey. They they host the website. They do everything. All the heavy lifting. All you got to do is go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. Aceperhead.com slash SGP. Stop trying to beat the bookie and just become a bookie. Top four, Kramer. Who's your fourth? Julio. I think it, you know. I think you're crazy for not. I think in a draft you would take Julio over Hill. Gun to your head. Maybe not a best ball, but a regular season long. His floor is so goddamn high. And 
I think he's four for me because I do think Ridley is going to start eating into that production a little bit. He's getting up there in age, well, but I and, love the and offense. They traded for the tight end, Hayden Hurst. I don't give maybe, a shit about maybe that end. has some impact on I, targets. Uh, Hooper was Hooper was doing just fine. He That's was true. on the field ninety seven percent or something crazy like that. Uh, yeah, Julio Jones at four. I, I think it probably guarantees that I won't get him. But it also like another guy. If I'm sitting there at ten, I'm taking Julio probably with my yeah. Team. If you're if you're in the late first round, are you taking Julio? I, I think I'm taking he's tough Julio, to pass. I'm taking Julio over over Hill, but not over the other guys. Yeah, I I would I would maybe still go Tyreek Hill, but uh, and I think as we're doing the running back episode, we can kind of talk more about which running backs we would take him over because I think that's the real story. You kind of have those blocks in the beginning of the draft where. You know, once you get through your your top tiers, like where are you going? Running so. back, especially this year, feels very top heavy. Where there's like a pocket of guys. It was just like last year, I think. Yeah, and then, well, a lot of teams do the whole running back by committee, and you still have to fill two running back spots. So, a lot to unpack there. My number four, DeAndre Hopkins. I, I think the the things you're maybe concerned about is new team, new system. Can he? Can he get involved? But again, I mean, look at these targets. The target share is insane. The last time he had under 150 targets, Kramer, what year are we talking? Never. Well, actually, in 2014, he only had 127 targets. After that, he's been 150 plus that year must have been after a year after year. <laughs> that must have, been, must have been the Osweiler year. But even the Osweiler year, like he still had good numbers. He's, I don't understand how he's fallen into like I see. I think uh, I've seen a, a number of places putting him in a second tier, yeah. uh, like uh, depending on how you do, do your tiering, whatever. But you can't you can't exclude him from the top tier of guy. I, I don't see how you exclude him from the top tier of guys when he's joining a team with a worse defense and arguably a more interesting offense. Sure, his quarterback slight downgrade, but does it matter? As you just highlighted. Yeah, and and I think there he's a positive touchdown regression candidate. He only had seven last year on 104 catches. I think that's going to go up. Well, and I have he's my number three guy, so I, I'm I'm lockstep here. I, I'm I'm shocked at how low he's being ranked. I saw some some average of like 25 quote fantasy experts. Where do you think that he DeAndre Hopkins showed 25 industry experts? Where do you think he showed up averaging? Like ranked in receivers, eleven. No, it was sixth though. Really, sixth. That's that's way too low. I, I would have a hard time finding five receivers to take before. I mean, that's that feels ridiculous. I think if I would argue he's joining a better opportunity, he's joining a coach that we at least know will say, "Hey, this this guy's this guy can ball." It feels like they're going to go out of their way to he feature has to be him. smarter than Bill O'Brien. We know he lives better than Bill O'Brien with that cush ass mansion. He oh, was, dude. he was rolling up in the draft in, but yeah, D hop is my number three guy and D hop. Like this is where the, the tier of after the first, like if I don't love the, I think there's maybe four running five running backs. I love at the beginning of the draft. After that, this is with the, the, the tier of receivers where I'm like, oh, I'll just take this guy. So D hop is one of those guys. My number three for the Green Bay Packers, Devontae Adams. Oh, so oh. low. <laughs> Only played 12 games, but still had 83 catches, five touchdowns. To me, the the reason why I like Devontae Adams and everyone's high on him, and, and Kramer appears from his reaction that I'm low on him, actually. 
But I, I think the case for Devonte Adams is pretty simple in that he's the guy in yep. Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers, it, it feels like he's going to be Devonte Adams is going to be his life preserver. He's just going to drop back to pass, throw it to Devonte Adams. Fuck you, Matt Lafleur. I'm running my own show. Almost out of spite, I feel like he's going to go out of his way to just feed Devonte Adams. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a lot of guys he's close with on the field, but Devonte Adams is definitely one of those guys. And they, they actually seem to have for, for, you know, Rogers, there's a lot of like, he doesn't speak to his family. There's weird chemistry no. issues. The only guy who like seems to be friends with him and, and have a legit connection is Devonte Adams. <laughs> and, and for a, for a, a team and organization that have kind of ostracized him a little bit, whatever that dynamic is, don't you think he's just going to lean in to a guy that's that he clearly is his support system that has that connection? Kramer, I'm guessing Devontae Adams is your number two or number one. Uh, well, we'll get to that, Sean, because okay. my number two is Michael Thomas. Sure. A little bit of a hot take. I don't think it's too hot takey to have either of these guys number one. I think everyone no. sees what Michael Thomas just did and is like, well, oh. I think the only way Michael Thomas gets the number one is if Drew Brees gets hurt. I think Drew Brees is falling off the cliff this year. And if they don't pull him out into the field and put him down like a good set of a good owner and not someone who's going to let him live in pain and just look like dog shit. I think I just don't see, I don't, I love Michael Thomas. He's great. I've had him on fan. He's brought me to the promised land in the FFPC, but I just, I, j- I just unwilling to put him ahead of Devontae Adams and, and maybe I'm foolish. Maybe I, it's just a weird bias, but I, I'm just waiting for Drew Brees to fall off the edge. And I, I, I also, this, this kind of goes hand in hand with me liking a Kamara positive regression. So, and, and I think there's some other players there. So Michael Thomas is great. I, you know, I, I see no problem. If you want to take him. I I've seen him go as high. He went third in our mock draft, Sean, Michael Thomas. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, perhaps it's one of those things where if you like at, if you like Thomas better than any of the running backs, fucking take him because his floor is going to be pretty high. I'm just going to, I'm just going to make a personal bet with myself here that he's not going to be the number one receiver. He's not the number one receiver on my list. Kramer. He's also the number two receiver, Michael Thomas. You brought up a bunch of good points about drew Brees and his arm strength, but Michael Thomas, that's not his game. The deep ball isn't his game. The deep ball we've seen Breeze struggle with to the point that they even like they, didn't they bring in Taysom Hill for uh, a Hail Mary. Mary? It's just like God, that's emasculating. You you got to let your Breeze throw that just out of out of pride. Michael Thomas for all for how well he's done in fantasy. Where do you think he ranked in uh, deep targets last year? He didn't have many, I'm guessing, right? Seventy two in the wow. league, only nine deep targets, wow. but that's perfect because that's. That's not Breeze's strength right now. And in the same way you like Edelman last year in fantasy and even to this year, because you have a quarterback that that's not going to push the ball super deep down yeah. the field. I, I think it even it even helps um Michael Thomas's case in fantasy in a weird way that Drew Brees skill set is diminished and is kind of going down. Um so yeah, I mean, everything you said about Michael Thomas, I'm on that as well. And uh here's the thing. Here here's the last the last bullet point I have, which I'm glad you brought up the points you brought up, but 2017, 149 targets, 104 receptions. Yeah. 2018, 147 targets, 125 receptions. That's a very high, high percentage to your point, perhaps because shorter routes doesn't, doesn't have all the super long yards per route, but that's pretty consistent. 150. Then he had this crazy surge last year 
185 targets and 149 of those balls were caught for 1700 yards. I don't think he's averaging 108 yards per game. And I think the fact that Emmanuel Sanders just showed up is going to give them a legit additional target that breeze can, can launch the ball to. So uh, look, we're, 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 uh, we're splitting uh, hairs as they say, because at the end of the day, if I'm sitting there at six and the uh, top running backs and uh, wide receiver are gone, I'm probably taking Michael Thomas. So not that I hate him, but I just like the other guy a little bit more. My number one guy, Devonte Adams. Uh, you kind of nailed it. You you kind of pointed out some some uh, reasons why uh, you'd m- maybe want to take him because Aaron trusts him. Aaron likes to throw to guys he trusts. Strange anomaly last year. To your point about the touchdown regression, Devonte Adams saw something. I, I I I don't have the exact number, but I believe it's like fifty percent of the red zone targets. He only saw. He only saw. I want to give the exact number of red zone targets. He only saw last year 21 targets in the red zone. Mm. So that combined with this, the guy is a touchdown machine. He scored 10 plus touchdowns, three straight years leading up to last year where how many touchdowns did he score? Sean? Five, five. So when when you go from scoring 35 touchdowns over three seasons and then scoring five, however you want to break down the numbers, there's going to be positive regression. Sure. Now the counter argument would be, well, Matt LeFleur wants to run the ball more. That's fine. I still think that Devontae Adams will see more touchdown red zone targets, which will lead to more touchdowns. Now, if if he only gets four more touchdowns, that's still how many points, Sean? Twenty-four points. That's a big difference. And if you put him back on the field for all sixteen games, uh, I I think this is going to be one of those situations where we're going to look back on this, and we're going to be like, "Wow, that was really weird." That first season when Lafleur forgot that Aaron Rodgers was a beast, and I think we're going to see it happen this year because I I think uh, you know to your consistent point about the lack of an off-season preparation, I think Aaron Rodgers is probably texting Lafleur on a daily basis, like, "Dude." Let's just throw some of this shit. Like me and him got good rapport. How about we just call Alpha? And every time I say Alpha, I'm just gonna throw him a back shoulder. Like, because that's the way. There were there were games where all of a sudden it looked like Aaron Rodgers like stopped listening to the radio in his helmet and was just yeah, going back shoulder. And, and that's and that's why I'm high on him again anyway. this year. It seems like what that that switch of like I'm gonna do my own thing. That to me leads to Aaron Rodgers getting a lot more balls to Devontae Adams. It's just that simple. Kramer, in our tradition here of uh, shocking number one oh, fantasy no. football Michael receivers, Thomas? no, I already no, <laughs> Michael Thomas was number two, number one on my list. Penn State grad Chris Godwin. Wow, wow. I'm just letting that letting that sink in. Godwin, he to me, it's just it's going to be game on with him and Brady. The more I've thought about it, and you know, I kind of squeeze Gronk into into the uh, tight end episode, but that's. It's just because he's a close personal friend, but Godwin just he has the makeup of being yeah. a guy that Tom is really gonna like. And I was trying to, I was trying to like do a little more like digging around for any sort of you know as a gut handicapper. I like to kind of find the emotional angles, the stuff behind the scenes that isn't just numbers. And I came across the news story. You know who had number twelve before Tom Brady came to Tampa Bay? That's right, Chris Godwin. You know who was hesitant to give it up at first, but then he realized. 
Tom Brady. Yep. He's the goat. You got to give it up to him. And he told him, he's like, Hey, I'm going to give this to you. You got to get me a ring back. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So I, I think there's already a connection with Godwin, uh, a Bruin there with Brady and man, I, also like Arians loves him. And he's coming off like he's had a nice transition in his career. Thirty-four catches, fifty-nine, eighty-six. But really, the touchdowns one to seven to nine. Like and coming back to this Tampa Bay defense still sucks to me. I think I think we're we're gonna see a similar offense that we saw in Jameis uh, when Jamison Winston was there, in that it's like they just throw it all the time because they have to because they're gonna be down and. Can you imagine a better quarterback to have going against like lax prevent no. coverage than Tom Brady? No, and and an awesome route runner and Chris Godwin. Like, I, I just think the ceiling's way too high not to roll the dice and put him number one. And he's a guy. It, what's his ADP? It's probably like what nine or ten, eleven. I think the I think a little bit the secrets out. I mean, he went right after Mike Evans, number six, number seven in our mock draft. Okay. Um, according to, yeah, can, I mean, can you get him in the third round? Fantasy Pros consensus number six. Oh, okay, so maybe people aren't as down on him as I thought. I would say this to add to your pile on Bruce Arians' quote about him before last season. I think Chris Godwin is going to be close to a hundred catch guy. That's <laughs> not important, especially because I think he can play in the slot. He's never going to come off the field. The slot? How's the slot? I. I mean, again, when your coach is saying that about you, and Arian seems like a pretty straight shooter, like he's a guy who just tells it like it is, and to probably to his own detriment. And, and you know, clearly wasn't happy with uh, Jamison Winston there for a little while. I, I, I just can't imagine they're not going to be, they're not going to go out of their way to really feature Chris Godwin this year, and and I think he's going to take advantage of it. And to your point, the just coming back to the route running, the the guys who are awesome route runners. Those are the guys that are really going to benefit from this shortened off season where you can do less stuff with scheme and you got to rely on just being able to run a great nine, a great zero, whatever the route is. Yeah. A guy who just can plant his foot, get open and make a easy pitch and I catch mean, again, with Tom Brady. It's, it's always odd to me. The guys who Tom Brady finds to have like a rapport with, it's never the guys you would expect. Like the fact that him and Randy Moss knocked it off just shows you the kind of player Randy Moss really was. Because there's been a lot of talented wide receiver well, and, bust and, out of New England, and, and you could make a, a an argument there. Chris Godwin, who is who has been a better receiver for Tom Brady since Randy Moss than Chris Godwin? Oh, you you mean like from phys, pure physical ability? Yeah, Nikhil Ceiling. Harris. I I mean it's probably Nikhil Harry. The, yeah, Nikhil Harry. What did I say? Harris. Nikhil Harry, the first rounder last year, was probably the most physically gifted. Receiver, he's yeah. Other than Gronk, obviously. but he just well, couldn't figure it out. Do we dare say Aaron Hernandez? <laughs> uh, from a talent perspective, yeah. But I hear you. I think. I think. I mean, I think Brady in general is getting some toys that he hasn't it's necessarily a baby fucking wheel man gotten to play with before. He has like legit athletic ability and size. At, like Godwin and Evans and and Howard and Gronk. The, that's the other thing. They're all big fucking dudes. The real catch here is like. W- figure out which guy is going to be the James white who can play in the slot, who can play out of the backfield. Is that going to be Dare Abu Ghali or whatever his name yeah, is? Yeah, I mean, someone is going to fill the role of the slot safety valve running back. Yeah. And it might not be Gronk or Howard or Evans or Godwin. It could be a running back and we could see a Tampa Bay buck running back in the top 10. Although I, I don't know the Arians offense, the Arians <laughs> offense just doesn't lend itself to that. Anyway, 
We got to get to some some business, Sean. Yes, we got to uh, do the play-by-play for the uh, college football uh, final final night here, and uh, more Sims on the way. Of course, go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com/slash/atc. Sign up for the football tournament. We're calling it as generic as it sounds. Just dudes talking football. Hashtag TFT. Hell yeah! Get involved. And uh, again, those are of course 2020 lineups, and we're giving away ten thousand dollars in my bookie. Credits. One more shout out to Cushy Dreams. Head over to cushydreams.com. Promo code SGP. Smokable CBD. Legal to ship in all 50 states. 15% off with that promo code. Kramer, looking forward to just uh, keep talking football here. Is that what we get to do? Yeah, that's what we get to do here. Management's Thank you okay for with participating it. in the Sports Gambling Podcast. And for the Sports Gambling Podcast, I'm Sean stacking the muddy green, and he is Ryan. Good luck to your Chris Godwin prediction, Sean. Kramer, let it ride.